You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. College football today. Roaring into week number four of the college football season. We're kicking it up a notch. We're conference play, separating the pretenders from the contenders. Joe Lisi, Ritz, Sermonello, great matchups later today. We touched on a couple of them in the first hour. Rich, my feel, another game that I really have an eye on is that Wake Forest Appalachian State game a little bit later today. Taylor Lamb, you look at Wolford and Hinton for uh, Wake Forest. That's a that's a really good battle. Solid, solid. Not top twenty five, but a game that really could propel the Demon Deacons before they play Florida State next week. You know, I I think it gets lost in the sauce a little bit. We spend so much time, everybody. Uh, talking about top 25 teams we'll talk alabama ohio state usc as we should but there are the wake forests and, and, and they remind me a little bit of vanderbilt now vandy has alabama so we'll spend a lot of time talking commodores but wake forest is playing app state i have been so impressed by dave clausen's team I, I know they haven't played a top flight opponent but they have blown out each of those three opponents, Presbyterian, Boston College, and ACC foe, and Utah State, they're getting it done with defense. They're getting it done with an efficient offense. This is a sneaky good team. I would not be surprised. A, I expect them to beat App State today to get to 4-0. But I would not be surprised if they sneak up, win a game that they're not supposed to at some point during the regular season. Well, they played Wake uh, Florida State very tough last year in Tallahassee. I think the one thing when you look at uh, Dave Clawson's group is the physicality on the offensive-defensive lines. A couple of years ago, they did have offensive line concerns, allowing a lot of sacks. John Wolford was knocked around in his first couple of years there. But Hinton is a more uh, mobile quarterback that can put pressure on the perimeter, and he's utilized both of them very, very very well and in run support this team is very solid they have been now over the last couple of years the problem with Wake Forest is that speed teams give them some problems and now you look at Appalachian State they played Miami last year got blown out speed teams you know stretch them vertically as well but Wake Forest isn't a speed team. I like Taylor Lamb Jalen Moore is not probably going to play in this ball game so I like App State here. I think they'll be up into this ball game. Wake Forest has Florida State on deck. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's an equal match game, but I see Taylor Lamb coming through with a couple of big plays. 24-21, App State gets yeah, the upset. The, the issues that I have right now with App State is you look at their game last week against uh, Texas State. They managed just 20 points. You touched on Jalen Moore, their star running back, all Sunbelt Conference run, running back. Looks like he's not going to play. Taylor Lamb is more of a game manager. He's not a field stretcher. So I, I think the Mountaineers have problems scoring today. I don't know if it'll be... I don't know if it'd be a blowout, but I think Wake Forest wins comfortably. Also, one of my best bets of the afternoon. Now, keep in mind, last year they had those problems with the former player, the broadcaster that uh, leaked those game plans to Wakey opposing. Wiki right, Wiki leaks, correct. <laughs> <laughs> and they had some issues. After that was resolved, though, they won their bowl game against a solid Temple team without Matt Rule, but they dominated that matchup for three quarters before Temple made it a ball game in the second half. So uh, Rich likes Wake Forest. I like App State. I think it's a close game either way. You think it's a blowout. We'll see how it plays out at 3.30 Eastern uh, later today on ESPN. When we come back, we'll be talking USC Cal. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, live from Studio 34. Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
Are you new to Daily Fantasy? Are you a veteran? Either way, you can better your chances of winning money and lots of it by going to DailyRoto.com. Multiple people have become millionaires thanks to the guys at Daily Roto. Why not take advice from the experts? You can become a millionaire too. Just go to DailyRoto.com to rock Daily Fantasy Sports. Showdown of undefeated teams later today in Cal Berkeley, USC, and Sam Darnold. Fresh F off their overtime victory over Texas. Go on the road to face their former defensive coordinator, Justin Wilcox, and the Cal Bears. Cal with a solid victory over Shea Patterson and Ole Miss last week. Rich, USC has won 13 straight games over Cal. The last, since 2012, they've 5-0 and and have won those games by 17.4 points per game. I like the speed of USC here. I know Cal's playing well. They haven't faced an offense like USC in a rushing attack like Ronald Jones. To me, that's the difference. They wear down the Cal Bears, get a convincing 20-point victory or more later today. I I think you're on to something. I'm thinking the same way. The concern that I have with USC is after back-to-back physical, emotional games, Stanford blowout victory, the tough game last week against Texas. I'm a little concerned about the mindset of USC. Personnel-wise, I, I think they're about three touchdowns better, and, and I totally respect what Justin Wilcox has done. Reminds me a little bit of the Purdue situation in a short period of time. Jeff Brom has done a great job at Purdue. Same thing with Justin Wilcox. We've seen a change in culture. They're actually playing defense in Berkeley. Names like Cameron Bynum, Devontae Downs, James Looney. They're getting it done defensively, and we saw that last week against Ole Miss. My worry about USC is this. I don't know if they're that motivated for this game. I, well, I could see them coming a out a little game, bit a little sluggish. It's Cal, though. It's Cal. Cal has been down for so long. USC has dominated. I, I, I was vexed all week. I don't vexed. love this game either way. Right. I, I don't have a strong feeling on it. USC wins the game. I can see Cal with the proverbial backdoor cover. I don't love the Cal talent versus USC. I would say stay away from this game. USC should win. They're also banged up defensively. Rasheem Green is not 100%. Porter Justin, not 100%. I'm a little worried about USC just being sluggish in this game. I think we see the average USC for three quarters of this game. Well, I think Cal's playing very well with their quarterback Bowers. He's making plays. He looks like a confident quarterback, even though it is his first year starting under center. And running back is was a concern. Trey Watson was banged up, didn't play last week, out for the year. Laird, the backup, played very well last week. I think when I look at this matchup overall, it does come down to the physicality of the running game with Ronald Jones. Since last year, USC, every time they rush for over 200 yards, is 8-1 and one in those games. They struggled last week against, I want to say, a physical Longhorn team. They held USC in check. 71 total rushing yards in that ball game. That was a reason why Sam Darnold was one-dimensional in the second half of that ball game, but he made plays when he had to. Now, USC does have Washington State on deck. I think that's a, that is a Friday trap night, game. Short week, I yeah. love Washington State in that ball game. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but I'm not sold on the physicality still with Cal. Yes, they're playing much better under Justin Wilcox. Let's keep in mind this is a defense last year that allowed 276 rushing yards per game. And when you look at the offenses that they've played now, two spread offenses, North Carolina and Ole Miss, 
finesse type of running games, not a pro-style attack led by Sam Darnold and Ronald Jones where you're under center, you're going to get those big uglies man-on-man at the point of attack. To me, that's the difference in this ballgame. Here's my thought on USC. I, I think they're a bit of a schizophrenic program. They are. And, and, and that's that's part of the They've reason why been. I don't think they're going to win the Pac-12 championship is, is because I, I think there's a lack of consistency. Those types of teams... If you're looking to bet this game, I, they, USC, I never know what USC we're going to get. Again, right. if, if I had to break it down, X's and O's, they're at least three touchdowns better than Cal. But Cal will be amped up. You'll have some enthusiasm in the crowd. The Bears will be out to prove something. I think this game hovers around 14 to 21. I think the line is about 16 or 17. The game frightens me. You know, if forced, I would take Cal in the points because they're a home team that's motivated. And I think USC is going to be a bit down in the early going, but if it wound up being three touchdown difference, I would not be shocked. It's like a 3.30 kick, and I like this atmosphere. It's The sun's going to be shining over the stadium. It's going to look great on the screen, and I, it is Pac-12 play. Let's keep in mind, I mean, uh, USC now, a tough out-of-conference schedule when you look at it for the most part. Stanford, they played very well. Now they're 1-0 within the Pac-12. They faced a 13-1 Western Michigan team and a Texas team under Tom Herman that really played well last week. Yeah. Now it's really the heart of the Pac-12 schedule. I think you get USC's best effort later today. Again, I could see it going either way, but yeah, I think this I, is I, where they start to hit stride. Neither of us love this game, I think, would be the headline of uh, this discussion. <laughs> well, a great matchup in the Big 12. It is Mason Rudolph and the sixth-ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys fresh off their dominating road win over Pittsburgh last week. Now get to face the 16th-ranked TCU Horn Frogs. TCU, what a solid victory over SMU, 20-point victory in Fort Worth. You look at this ballgame overall, Oklahoma State since 2012 is 4-1 over TCU and has won those ballgames by 16.5 points per game. I love this offense, led by Mason Rudolph, 497 passing yards last week. Justice Hill came on, and that defense playing much better, still not sold on the consistency of Kenny Hill. I think Oklahoma State rolls by 17 or more later today. I think you summed up exactly where I've been all week on this game, which is the superior talent is out of Stillwater. Mason Rudolph is like a machine right now. And for as much as we talk about James Washington, Jalen McCluskey, they are really four deep at wide receiver, four quality pass catchers, Justice Hill out of the backfield. Joe wisely mentioned that Oklahoma State defense. That, for me, is the uh, missing piece as to whether or not the Cowboys can go from Big 12 contender to possibly a playoff and national championship contender. And that defense is playing well. I'll just piggyback off of what Joe said. I'm not sold on Kenny Hill. The defense is playing well out of Fort Worth. But but again, they're a little bit undersized. It's a tough matchup. I think they'll play with Oklahoma State for a while. But after maybe two, two and a half quarters, uh, Mason Rudolph is just going to zoom out ahead. And I'm at about 17, plus 17 for Oklahoma State as well. You mentioned those wide receivers of Washington and McCleskey. It's also Stoner. It is eight men that just do the dirty work. I mean, those are the guys, along with McCleskey, that go over the middle on dig routes, open up the top of the defense for
or James Washington's sprinter speed. I mean, this offense just goes full bore, pedal to the metal each and every game. Love the way Justice Hill now and that offensive line seem to be gelling, especially in the fourth quarter. If they can run the football just like Washington State, if you can run the football later in ballgames when you have a lead, it'll aid your defense Give them a rest. You maintain drives. And this can be a team that could be scary good as they navigate through the Big 12. And we're looking towards Bedlam and Baker Mayfield later in the year. Yeah, and look at look at Oklahoma State's personality this season. It has been all about fast starts. They just punch teams in the mouth. They get off to big leads. I don't like Kenny Hill, the TCU quarterback, in that kind of a situation. If Oklahoma State's up 14-3 to and it's the start of the second quarter and they have to somewhat abandon the run, Kyle Hicks, their top back, is not going to play. Darius Anderson has looked good so far this season, played well against Arkansas. But if they have to become somewhat one-dimensional, lean on the arm of Kenny Hill, if he has to be the story to go toe-to-toe with Mason Rudolph, that's a big problem for TCU. So fast starts for Oklahoma State. That has really served them well. I think it'll continue to be. I see something like 45-27 Oklahoma State. Last year, Oklahoma State got the victory 31-6 to in Fort Worth. They shut down that offense yeah. of TCU. I mean, they could not do anything. And I like the way Oklahoma State is forcing turnovers. And they're creating short fields for Mason Rudolph. And let's be honest, 497 yards. He didn't play in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, he is not a system quarterback. I think he reminds me of a young Aaron Rodgers. You might think I'm crazy, but this is a guy that does translate to the NFL game in a big way. Love his vision, love his reads and progressions. And I, I think Oklahoma State is one of the top four teams in the country. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, I, let's take a broader look at Oklahoma State and talk about the Big 12 in general. I mean, they came in with an identity crisis into this season, but now you've got Oklahoma State looking like a national championship contender. You certainly have Oklahoma with the big win over Ohio State. TCU playing well. They defeat Arkansas. Yeah, there are some issues. Baylor is not Baylor this year, but by and large, the reputation of the Big 12 which was hurting for the past couple of seasons, really has been elevated on the backs of a Baker Mayfield and a Mason Rudolph, and, and they get a chance to take center stage again today. 3.30 Eastern should be a very intriguing Big 12 battle. If TCU can get the upset, really throw a monkey wrench into the Big 12 title and really get Gary Patterson's crew back on track. Now solid wins over Arkansas. If they can knock off the sixth-ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys, this could be a team that could challenge Oklahoma then in the conference. Gary Patterson has traditionally, Joe, done a great job on the road. Going back to the Mountain West days with TCU, right into the Big 12, he is a good big-game road coach. So he's dangerous. This team is dangerous. I just think too much speed and offensive firepower. I agree. I agree 100%. TCU did have problems at home last year, 1-5, and and got outscored by 12.2 points per game. When we come back, we'll be joined by former Wisconsin running back Anthony Davis. Get Anthony's take about the big game. In the Big Ten, this is Joe Lisi, Ritz Sermonello, live from Studio 34. Keep it where it is. Hello, 
friends. If you want to win at Fantasy Sports, wouldn't you listen to people who have already won at Fantasy Sports? I'm here to tell you about DailyRoto.com. Don't be intimidated by the Draft Kings and FanDuel Sharks, even the Fantasy Draft Sharks. The guys at DailyRoto.com have not only won a million dollars amongst one of the writers, but they've created three others. That's four people who have won millionaire contests from this content alone. Don't be fooled by screenshots talking about $25,000 winners from other places. Go to DailyRoto.com where they have a proven track record of creating millionaires. DailyRoto.com. Tell them Greg Sussman sent you. Matchups taking place in the Big Ten a little bit later today. Jim Harbaugh, Michigan on the road in West Lafayette to face Purdue and Jeff Brom. And then Penn State and James Franklin taking on Kirk Ferentz in Iowa. What better way to break down the Big Ten than with a former standout from the conference? He's live on the Fantasy Sports Celebrity Guest Line. Want to welcome in former Wisconsin running back Anthony Davis. A.D., how are you today? I'm good, Joe. What's going on, man? Uh, huge battles within the conference later today. Let's start with Jim Harbaugh and Michigan. Lackluster game at home against Air Force. I'm not sold on the way Wilton Spate is playing in this offense. I want to get your take on what you see from Michigan later today. You know, it's really hard to, to, to get a good feel for them. You know, the way they came out and played Florida, I thought they were, you know, they reloaded and they were ready to go. But the way they struggled against Air Force made me kind of second-guess that. Um, I think you'll see a, a, a much better, uh, I guess, a more in-sync uh, Michigan team. I mean, they got some weapons on offense. I mean, they certainly have some good backs, and they, and they got a couple receivers as well. So I really think you'll see a much better Michigan team uh, to this afternoon against uh, Purdue. So. Anthony, let's piggyback off uh, Purdue. Uh, Joe and I, big fans of Jeff Brom. We had him on the show during the offseason. Uh, I certainly did not expect this kind of a turnaround. Uh, how impressed are you by Purdue, not just X's and O's, but just culturally they look like a different team in 2017? You know, they, they, they look like they're starting to buy in. You know, they look like they're actually playing Big Ten football. And uh, they're playing with some confidence. You know, I, I'm really interested in seeing how uh, the conference play turns out and where people stand and as we get into conference play. Because it's, it's hard to really tell right now. But Purdue does look pretty tough. Anthony, when you look at this matchup overall for Purdue, uh, going up against a solid defensive front seven in Michigan with Rashawn Gary, how important is it for the rushing attack? I mean, they're averaging 180 yards on the ground compared to 96 yards last year per game. How important is it for the rushing attack to get going early in this battle to take the pressure off their quarterbacks? Oh, I think it's key. You know, you put the D, you put the defensive uh, coordinator in such a a, uh, I'm not compromising position, but you, you keep them off balance when you can do both. You know, when you can run the ball successfully, it opens up the game, it opens up the playbook. You know, to, to play action down the field. I mean, there's just so, so many options you can do when you uh, when you run the ball successfully, and it also tires the defense out too. I mean, it tires them out. So so when you do have those passing downs, you know they're not they're not licking their chops and ready to ready to come at you, but you got them off balance. So. Anthony, I'm going to switch to uh, the other big Big Ten matchup, Penn State against Iowa. Two fantastic running backs. 
Uh, Saquon Barkley, obviously of Penn State and a New Jersey kid from Newark, New Jersey, Akram Wadley. Can you give a thumbnail as a former back of what you've seen from those two runners? You know, I watched, I watched a lot of Barkley early on, and uh, I thought last year he was probably the best all-around back in the country. And I really liked uh, Dalvin Cook, but I thought his game – you know, I was really impressed with his game. His change of direction. Uh, he plays with a base. Um, you know, he's 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 a complete package at the running back position. I mean, he's a playmaker. Uh, I think Wadley's a guy I watched last year too, and uh, you know they rotated him a little bit, but he was the featured guy. And he's he's a, he's a deceptively strong runner. I think because he's a little because of his body uh, type, you know, he's he's uh, taller and slender. He doesn't he doesn't look as though, you know, he's as powerful, but he's a powerful back. He kind of reminds me of uh, uh, Demarco Murray, some of those Oklahoma backs. You know, I I think it's gonna. I'm excited to see both of those guys go head to head. I like both of them as a runner. Uh, of course, Barkley. You know, he was my favorite last year. I thought he. I think he's probably the best this year just you know he's got some some things that you can't teach you know he runs with a very low center of gravity and he's got a great base uh so it's going to be interesting game to watch you know i'll definitely be tuned into that one anthony when you talk about the atmosphere within kinnick stadium give fans a perspective about what it's like to play inside that stadium and why Iowa's so successful i mean they really seem to step up against top 25 competition no matter what their record is when teams come to kinnick stadium they're in a dogfight that is a very tough place to win uh you know it's a very very tough place to win i mean it the fans are rowdy extremely rowdy and disruptive uh, the locker room sucks, you know. <laughs> I don't know if they made them change that pink locker room, but the locker room used to be pink, and it was uh, probably the size of a closet. So, you know, you're trying to get ready for the game, and you're squished. I mean, it's just everything from the time you you get off the bus is just not a very comfortable place to play. You're always in a place of discomfort, and the fans, they stay, they stay on you. You know, and, and again, they, they're a team that plays well at home. They really buy into that mentality where they protect their house. They really play well at home. You know, that place will be rocking. It will be rocking. So Yeah, that's a great point. How, how much of an impact will those intangibles have in this game? I mean, it looks as if Penn State has uh, you know, a little better talent, particularly with the offensive balance. But uh, how much of a difference, Anthony, can those intangibles have in a big game at night uh, in Iowa City? I think they can. They can. They can definitely have. Uh, that can definitely be the difference, you know. Um, and I was a team where one one big play could ignite the stadium. I mean, I literally ignite the stadium, and you you can watch the momentum just switch. You know, you can watch the momentum swing. Uh, I think you know Penn State's got got a lot more experience now. Um, their playmakers, a lot of their playmakers are upperclassmen. And I'm expecting some big plays in this one. Um, their quarterback, uh, he Chase uh, McSorley, I think his name is. Did I say that right? But he's a, um, you know, he's a gunslinger, man. He's got and he's got weapons. You know, these kids just get the ball. They play, they play up, they play up for him. You know, the tight end is great. I expect some big plays. You know, I think it'll be a close game, and I definitely think Iowa can win. 
you know, but I think at the end of the day, Penn State may just have too much on offense for him throwing the ball down the field. Anthony, when you look at the Big Ten overall, I think you're starting to see the residual effects of Ohio State's victory over Oregon a few years ago. From top to bottom now, we see some of the better teams uh, obviously making an elite run. Uh, teams like Penn State, teams like Michigan and Ohio State, and your alma mater, the Wisconsin Badgers, were a dominating season last year. But when you look at the conference overall, you have teams like P.J. Fleck and Minnesota now undefeated. I mean, do you feel like there's parity back to college football and more importantly that the Big Ten is back in a big way from top to bottom? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you are starting to see uh, the residual effects of a national championship being won with the conference and and that's forced uh, a lot of other teams to step their recruiting up. Uh, The the addition of Jim Harbaugh and the the resurgence of Michigan also plays a role in that as well. So I, I mean I think you see other teams having to step their recruiting up but you also see a lot of kids wanting to play, not just for the Ohio States and for the Michigans, but they want to play against them. You know, they want to, they want that, they want that national exposure, and the Big Ten is a great place to get it. You know, Anthony, great I was, place to get it. yeah, I was with a young man in January and in March uh, by the name of Jonathan Taylor, a heck of a nice kid. Uh, didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had. Uh, he had signed in February to be a Wisconsin Badger, and lo and behold, he looks like he could be the next great Wisconsin running back. Uh, have you watched him? What have you seen? What do you like so far? I like him a lot. You know, uh, he's an impressive kid. He's powerful. He's extremely fast. Uh, he makes good cuts, and he makes good cuts. Doesn't cut in space. And he's another one of those guys who plays with a with a base. He has a natural, a naturally low center of gravity. I mean, I think he has a really, really high ceiling. Really high ceiling. Anthony, it's great information. Every time you come on the show, we love the insight. We'd love to get you on a little bit later in the Big Ten schedule as Wisconsin makes its way through. They have a tough game next week against Northwestern. We hope you enjoyed it today. Yep. Always a pleasure, Joe. Thank you. Former Wisconsin running back, fourth in Badger history all time in, in terms of leading Russia. I mean, his insight in terms of that atmosphere in Kinnick Stadium is the one thing that I took because yeah. I know James Franklin, I heard, has been reaching out to former coaches to find out how to prepare for that locker room. If it's in his head already, that could be a factor as this game plays out later tonight. That's what I love about having those types of guests on our show is they've played in those atmospheres before and, and they lend such a tangible feeling to what it's like to play at Kinnick Stadium, to be in that locker room, to face that crowd. That's part of the reason why I think Iowa can play with Penn State. Now, he did mention that there's superior talent. He thinks there will be big plays. He likes Trace McSorley. Obviously, everyone loves Saquon Barkley. But just hearing him, Joe, describe that atmosphere tonight gets me increasingly excited for that matchup between the Nittany Lions and and the Hawkeyes. I realized it was pink, but I didn't realize he said it was small. Small, yeah. I mean, how small could it be? I'm Did thinking they of partition a... <laughs> off some of the locker room. I mean, well, it's... I know a co- I forget the team that it was. I have to do some research, but there was a team that went there a few years ago and wrecked the locker room. Yeah. They put up, I think they put up like 
like gray or uh, they put up uh, walls in, in terms of like sheets or whatever. I'm and they, picturing the movie Hoosiers when he was describing the small it, something room, like that. Yeah. I mean, it's unreal, but we'll see. How, I think Penn State drops the hammer uh, later today because of the speed perspective. I like Saquon Barkley and I like Trace McSooley. They dominated this matchup last year. We'll see how it plays out in Kinnick Stadium. When we come back, we'll be talking to Game Time Decisions host Gabe Marenzi. We'll get Gabe's best bets of the day. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, live from uh, Studio 34 Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ezekiel Elliott, Carl Anthony Towns, Corey Seager. Those are the rookies of the year, much like the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The fastest growing fantasy sports network on radio is completely free, 24-7. Listen to us live at FNTSY.com slash radio or download the app right now in the Google Play Store or on iTunes. About an hour and 20 minutes away from the start of the 12 o'clock kicks. What better way to talk 12 o'clock, 3.30 best bets than with Game Time Decisions host Gabe Morenci's live via the Celebrity Guest Line. And he's been hot as a pistol. Gabe, how are you today? I'm ready to rock, y'all. Let's do this thing. You're, you're right. I'm hotter than a... Uh... Las Vegas, July afternoon. <laughs> Let's rock and roll. Great matchup game taking place of former quarterbacks. You got Cliff Kingsbury, 2-0 with Texas Tech. You have Major Applewhite and Houston. Very intriguing battle. I like Houston in this ball game. How do you see this game playing out? I think we have a live uh, dog in this uh, football game. You look at Houston, and this isn't the same explosive Houston Cougar offense that we've seen uh, in past uh, years, although obviously Herman tried to push them in a defensive direction. This game has flown out of the radar, and this is a fun, fun uh, card uh, this afternoon. It's not that high-profile matchup, that sexy matchup that everybody uh, drools about, but I love conference uh, football. We got some really interesting tilts, but we have an interesting Texas uh, tilt, all Texas tilt here. I think we have a live dog. You know, I'm a sucker for offense, uh, guys. Chicks dig the log ball, right? (laughs) So I'm a sucker for a team that hasn't put up less than 52 points in a football game. I know that Houston's a better defensive football team uh, than the Red Raiders are, uh, but I like the explosiveness of this offense. I'm not sure if the Cougars are going to be able to keep up. Um, I would like it better if I was getting it even seven, but I'll take the six, six and a half. It's out there right now. And Houston's offense really hasn't uh, lit anything up uh, yet, but you know, the Texas Tech's defense, obviously, uh, you can move the ball on them. I'm going to take the underdog, and I'm going to take the over in this football game right out of the gate. Although it's not my best uh, early morning bet, but I- I'm going to take a piece of the Red Raiders and the underdog here. Gabe, I was going to ask you about SEC football, uh, the two big games, Mr. the Battle of the Bulldogs, uh, Alabama-Vandy. Is there something in those two big SEC games that uh, has piqued your interest? Well, you know, last week was the biggest game ever in Vanderbilt. They sold the place out. They got it done. I liked them against uh, K-State. I see a lot of similarities between the Michigan-Purdue game and this Alabama and Vanderbilt game. Um, two teams in Michigan and um, Michigan and Alabama that both played, uh, you know, high-profile games. 
um, you know, when they played against Florida State and when they played against Florida, respectively, and then sort of slept walk through non-conference opponents. I think they're both going to dial it up, but I'm really intrigued by this Vanderbilt uh, team. We're going to find out just how good this defense is. Number one ranked in scoring points, number two in red zone uh, defense. Alabama's offense really hasn't shown us anything that they're able to run away and cover these type of numbers. If Schumer can make a couple of plays, I think we can hang around this number right now. But it's scary. It's like poking a sleeping dog, man. You know, Alabama can, can flex their muscles at any time, but that's a lot of points that to lay. And as far as this other Bulldog versus Bulldog game, what a freaking game that we have here. I've been talking about this for a couple of weeks, guys. Where's the respect? You know, is uh, is it Ugga or is it Rodney Dangerfield, the, the mascot for the Georgia Bulldogs? You know, this football team got zero respect for beating Notre Dame in South Bend. But I guarantee you the media would have drooled all over Brian Kelly if Notre Dame would have won that game. I'm a big Mississippi State backer. Huge win last week on their home field. It's the classic letdown here. When push comes to shove, I think Georgia's a better football team. I got a lot of respect for Fitzpatrick. I think Mullins, you know, one of the best coaches in college football. It's amazing to me that he hasn't bolted yet. I think he's waiting out the Florida job, guys. I think that's the one he wants. Of course, he came came along with uh, with, with, with Urban Meyer in those days. Uh, but I got to go with the Georgia Bulldogs in this football game. The price down to four is short enough for me. Give me, uh, give me Georgia. Gabe, here's a game that we're split on. Rich likes A&M. I like the Hogs with those big uglies. Texas A&M has dominated this matchup since 2012. They're 5-0 by 19 points per game. How do you see this game playing out at 12 o'clock? Do I have to? (laughs) Do I I have to? Hey, I'll tell you what. The coolest thing about this, and I don't know, I'm sure you guys have seen this, but for the viewers at home right now, um, Arkansas are going to be wearing Dallas Cowboy uniforms. They basically just took the Cowboys uniform, the silver and blue, etc., made it red, took the star off, and put the hog on. But the Jerry Jones-infused uh, dedicated jerseys, um, I don't know. I mean, how can I go against Arkansas? Coach Believe is the best coach in the country, right? Just ask him. <laughs> um, oh, man, it's a tough one. Push comes to shove. Arkansas don't win football games like this. They just don't. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be the losing coach in this football game, guys. Like, seriously. Um, and, and I don't know if either coach is going to make it uh, after this year. The loser of this coach is going to be uh, you know, in bigger trouble than my bank account is. But push comes to shove, I'm going A&M. Not my best bets, but I'll fire off a couple of my best bets uh, early morning stuff. How do I not take the Wolfpack? How do I not take NC State? I'm telling you what, guys. Betting on college football, betting on sports – it is the stock market, okay? Uh, to start the year, NC State were favored against the Gamecocks. They were favored against an SEC team. And and now, oh, okay, they lose, to that, they lose that football game. Whatever, they handle their business against Furman and Marshall. Now they get a second chance uh, to make a statement. You guys know, a lot of the, uh, the wise guys and a lot of people in the college football know we're high on the Wolfpack coming into this year. Yes, they didn't get it done against the Gamecocks in week one. This is their opportunity. We're talking about a football team with most of the kids back that were a missed field goal away from beating Clemson uh, last year. I think they step up. I think Florida State catches a little bit of a break in a way, 
I mean, you know, FSU haven't played since that Alabama game. I had hair that was so long ago. <laughs> uh, they, haven't, they haven't played since that Alabama game. Might, they might catch a little break so they can get Blackman, you know, integrated into this offense. But we got a backup quarterback with a football team that hasn't played uh, since the first week of September against a, a pretty angry team with a chip on his shoulder. And the team is 10-2 against the spread last 12 against the Knolls. Love it. Love it. Uh, give me the 12 and a half. I wouldn't be shocked if the Wolfpack went outright. We told you last week we think Purdue can win outright at Mizzou. I think the Wolfpack will take this game down to the wire. And speaking of Purdue, keep on betting on the Boilers. Keep on talking about how trendy they are and how the Boilermakers this and the Boilermakers that. They put up 107 points in their first uh, three football games. If I hear that Michigan have been in the red zone 10 times and only scored one touchdown one more time, I'm going to punch someone in the face 10 times, all right? Michigan's defense is going to give Purdue a big-time reality check. Big-time reality check. Football still won uh, by defense. Michigan's got an elite defense. They were uninterested in Air Force. They were uninterested in Cincinnati. They're going to be interested in Purdue, especially now that the kids on Purdue are chirping about how they're the best team in the Big Ten, and they're going to beat Michigan. They're going to beat Ohio State. Michigan rolls. Michigan wins by 17. Lay the 10 and a half. Yeah, I, I would agree. We haven't had a chance to talk about that game, but I completely agree. I, th- I think this is the uh, this is the adult table that Purdue is uh, trying to sit at. I don't think they're ready for that. Although I respect what Jeff Brom has done. Real, Real quick, Gabe, uh, TCU Oklahoma you're the State. Out of the show. See, that's the best way to put it. You're the out of the show. Me and Joe are at the kids' table, Rich. You know, you're like you're like you know the uncle that knows everything about football at the end of the table. But I'm the uncle. Rich. I, I like, can you refer to me as Uncle Rich going forward? I would like that actually. Rich, I like that. Yeah, I like that. A, a TCU Oklahoma State, real quick, Gabe. Three thirty game uh, here on the East Coast. Uh, love the matchup. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, like life itself, man. Is this season flying by or what? I remember you guys. We were just talking about uh, Oak State uh, taking on Tulsa, and I said, you know what? If they're for real. This is the type of game that they blow them out. They have passed every test. What's the least amount of points they put up on the board? 44 points so far this year. It's against my nature uh, to lay this type of wood in a football game. As you see, I like the underdogs for the most part. But I think Oklahoma State are that good. I'm not so sure. TCU are a little bit better right now. But how do we not take the over this football game? We're going to lay the favorite, and we're going to go over the number there. And I've got a full lot, guys. I've got six great bets for the late game, so uh, I'll be ready to bang later on, too. Gabe, great information. You're hot as a pistol. We'll see how these games play out a little bit later today at 12 and 3.30. We'll have you on in the next hour, 11.40 Eastern, 8.40 Pacific. Great information by Game Time Decisions host Gabe Morenci. Gets me called, excited. Yeah. Called you an uncle. I agree with that, by the way. Uncle. You're like the, you sit at the end of the table. How about this? Yeah, yeah I knew Purdue. How about Purdue the, how about the uh, I would like an adjective like the wise uncle. Oh, the wise it's a long season. Uncle. It's a very long season. Well, no, say I'm this. not getting ahead I'll of myself. This. I'm just saying that the you know The college football season is a is not a sprint. It's a marathon. I'm 7 and 11. Yes. You're 14 and 4. I'm going to be whipping down the stretch run. You can guarantee that. I, I want to be re- forget uncle. I want to be referred to as Chris Alt because Gabe might be as hot as a pistol. I'm as hot as the pistol offense right now. Oh, it's a no, reference that was a nobody picked analogy. up. He's uh, no. not. Is he coaching still? Chris Alt? I th- actually, believe it or not, I think he's coaching in Europe. Yeah, I think I'll so. I'll have to check something that, like but I Germany think he's overseas. Something. I, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I, I, we'll see. We'll see. We'll do it in the, in the later break. I will say this about 
Arkansas, uh, what he brought up about the uniforms as well. Anything to get these kids excited. Uh, they need something because that lackluster effort against TCU, the way they were arm tackling, if they come out in this ball game and play that way against Texas A&M, it'll be lights out in the first half. I will say this. My favorite player on both sides in that ball game, Keith Ford, for the former Oklahoma running back. Can you imagine if the Sooners had him uh, with that offense with Baker Mayfield? But I love the way this kid plays. You know what? This is one of the I, I like any game involving hot seat coaches because you learn a lot about what the kids think about that staff because now you're playing potentially for the future of Brett Bielema and Kevin Sumlin. So I'll be really curious to see what kind of intensity we're able to witness in Arlington later today. Don't be shocked. If if A and M loses this game, Rich, he could be I, gone I, right I, after I think that. he could be gone. Uh, I right agree. After, I mean, he was almost gone after the yes. UCLA loss. I mean, they he's hanging on by a thread. So if he loses this game, he might be out of College Station. We'll see how it plays out. Twelve o'clock kick. When we come back, we'll be touching touching base with USC Cal, and we'll rehash all the top twenty five games. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, live from New York, Studio Thirty Four. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Rapid fire segment of all the games we rehashed USC and California. USC's won 13 straight. I don't think it stops here. USC gets a convincing road win over Cal Bears later today. I, listen, I don't love this game, so I don't want to give a full-throated support of full-throated. Cal. Yeah, but I, I like what Justin Wilcox has done. They're playing defense. It's at home. I think they'll be motivated for 60 minutes. Not sure about the mindset of USC. I will begrudgingly take the points, but I don't love this. Not game. convincingly by Rich Sermonello, yeah. USC. I Tepid, like them. I, I, I like USC in this ball game. I think the speed is the difference. Texas Tech on the road against Major Applewhite in Houston. To me, it is the front seven Ooh. led by Ed Oliver. I like the quarterback play of Kyle Allen. I like Duke Catalan. To me, that's the difference. The running game of Houston wears down the front seven of the Red Raiders. I agree. I, I like Houston in this matchup. It's it's an old Southwest Conference rivalry, as you know, Joe. It's also an opportunity for Houston, which didn't get into the Big 12, to beat up a Big 12 opponent. Nick Shamanic, the Texas Tech quarterback, he'll put up about 500 yards. I expect that, but I think Kyle Allen will be ruthlessly efficient. Duke Catalan out of the backfield, as you mentioned. Houston need, needs to get the offense cranking. Texas Tech, the perfect antidote for that. Houston secondary only holding opposing offenses to 166 passing yards per game. That could be the matchup going up against the Red Raiders offense in that ballgame. 12 o'clock kick a little bit later today. Here's an intriguing battle because it's UCF and Scott Frost on the road in College Park. There's some quarterback issues with Maryland. I thought this team overachieved last year. Didn't beat a team with a winning record. I like Mackenzie Milton. I like the speed of UCF. Upset. They're getting 
getting four points over Maryland later today. I, I like this matchup, too. It's one of those slightly below-the-radar type of games, but it's a big game for the Knights, and it's a big game for Maryland, which has played well this year offensively. Yes, quarterback issues, but Kasim Hill, the true freshman, played very well, albeit about Taus against Towson, but he got some reps, some key reps. DJ Moore, Ty Johnson out of the backfield. I think just a little too much offense. And let's not forget, much like the Miamis and the Florida States, UCF has not played a football game since August. Now they travel to College Park. I think it's a problem. Maryland continues to roll. Yeah, we'll see how that game plays out. It is a 3.30 kick. I think another intriguing battle. We spoke about it already, already Already to rehash. 3-0 and Wake Forest on the road in Appalachian State. I like the Mountaineers here. I think Taylor Lamb breaks out. I think the fan base will be into this matchup, but more importantly, it is the front seven of App State. I think they can make Wake Forest and that offense one-dimensional. A very close ball game, 24-21 but I could see it going both ways. Not one of my better plays, but I like App State in this ballgame. For me, it is a best bet. I, I really think that Wake Forest is not getting enough credit. Defensively stout, that offense of App State has not looked good. I haven't seen any consistency from the offensive line. If Jalen Moore is not 100%, they're running back. That's an even bigger problem. So I really like what Dave Clawson is doing in Winston-Salem. I like Wake Forest by double digits in this game. Wow, it's a gutty pick by Rich Sermonello there. We'll see. That is a 3.30 kick on ESPN a little bit later today. Here's one we haven't talked about. Duke, North Carolina, Battle of the Carolinas. Duke got this victory last year, 28-27. But I really like the speed of Duke. And more importantly, quarterback Daniel Jones, his ability to stretch North Carolina's defense vertically, that's the difference for me. I think they're a more complete team, not sold on Larry Fedora's crew, they get a double-digit victory over North Carolina and Joe and in I, Chapel Hill. Yeah, Joe and I are in agreement here. Duke is one of my best bets. I don't want to get too cute. It is a rivalry game. Duke is just flat-out better on both sides of the ball, allowing 1.8 yards per carry so they can get it done offensively and defensively. Well, those games are 12-3-30. and When we come back, we'll be talking Florida and Kentucky. This is Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello. We're about an hour from kick. Keep it where it is. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Studio 34.